season two? I wasn't even ready yet. So, so what? Do I just insert a hot take here or something? I take! LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to repeat, but they are going to play the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Championship, and the Jets are going to be in the Super Bowl. I don't get much hot take it in that. I take! Take that, take that, take that. I take! Brooklyn style, baby! Brooklyn style! I take! And welcome back to another edition of the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am you're still your host, the one and only talent, Thomas Taylor. Yeah, we still here. We still in the building. It's January. What's today? I forgot what today is. It's January 27th. You're getting a special Friday afternoon edition of the Mighty Sports Podcast. My homegirl Natalie is flying in from out of town, so I'm about to get wrecked this weekend. We got the conference finals that we need to recap. We get to talk about the Super Bowl, maybe. I may give you guys a little hint into my pick. We finally get to flip over to our into NBA. We got to talk about Russ World, and not to mention, this is, this is a not-so-mellow state of mind going on in New York right now, but you know what I say, regardless of the time and regardless of the weather, it's always a great time to talk some sports. So... Let's start talking. Back at it like a sports fanatic. Woo! I know that was a mouthful. I know you're wondering, where, where do we all go? What happens? It's, it's, it's been far too long. It's been like 10 days since we last saw each other. Right? Or since we last spoke. And the conference finals. The conference finals finally wrapped up. And Pittsburgh, New England, just... It, 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 it wasn't the game... That everybody thought it was. It wasn't the game that everybody said it was going to be. Instead, it sounded more like they are who we thought they were. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. It sounded more and that's 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 what it's been sounding more like. Houston, Houston didn't. They didn't take advantage of the defense that uh, that they had to be able to put Tom Brady on his back. Oh, Pittsburgh didn't take advantage of the offense that they have to 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 bend or to break New England's defense. That I think I told you guys last week. Oh, if I didn't tell you guys last week, if we didn't get to that last week, I- I'll tell you this week. New England, listen. New England was well. New. New England was New England. That, that's, that's what it is. And <laughs> put it this way. Very quickly into this game, into the New England, because New England, New England played second. So their opponent played the earlier game. And before I even knew that New England beat Pittsburgh, I put out into the world that they are already counting out New England's opponent in the Super Bowl, they're already an underdog. And that's because... They are who we thought they were. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. So when I tell you that... Listen, New England New England is a weird team. And, and like I said, and, and I did... And, I, and I, I must have said this last week because it feels like deja vu. It, it, feel, it feels like I've said this already. But I, I very recently came to the realization... 
that New, New England's defense has been very highly underrated over the years. Outside of the year, they had Darrell Revis. And, let me touch on Darrell Revis, too, and, and what's going on with him in the Jets. Talking about he wants to go to safety. But, it very, very, very quickly, very quickly, I realized, and it was this year, that New England's defense, it doesn't matter what you do. It just matters as long as you don't score on them. And what and far too many times, teams have to settle for field goals when they're playing against New England. Yeah, you can get down into the red zone, but can you put the ball in it? And that's the difference. You can get into the red zone, but can you put the ball in the end zone? And a lot of teams, that's not happening. They're kicking it through the upright. And that's the reason why New England games are 45, I'm sorry, are 49 to 21. Do the math. That's seven field goals and seven touchdowns. I ain't say three touchdowns. But knowing an opponent that they play, they'll probably miss one. So it'll be 18 at 49. That's how they get those games. So, so now next week, basically, and what, what, it, what it all comes down to for the next couple of weeks, right? What has come down to this whole entire AFC championship run or finals or playoff is what can you say about the other team that you can convince yourself to say that they're going to beat New England? And that's only for the people like me that don't want to root for New England, that don't want to 100% give them credit for the greatness that they are simply because that they are a rival team but if you but if you ever ask me hey what franchise do you want my, my football my football team to be running like i guarantee you when my top three answers are one of the first things that comes to my name is going to be new england i have to reprogram my brain to say pittsburgh <laughs> but it's new england when it comes to basketball what's the franchise San Antonio. When it comes to baseball, what's the franchise? Still the Yankees. I'm saying, B. Just saying. Or who are not even the Yankees? What's that? What's that young guy that, that, that that's going all over the place? Maddox, I think it is. The, the young skipper that's going all over the place and, and helping these teams win championships. So. New England comes away with that victory over, over Pittsburgh, right? Which was a completely lackluster game, right? We're hearing now, now players having, having hamstring injuries. And Le'Veon Bell went out early. And you know what? You know who you are. Wait for it. I'm going to say two names. Jadavian Clowney. Zaza Pachulia. <laughs> Back. So, Green Bay versus Atlanta also wasn't the game everybody said it was. And it's just one simple reason. Like, you know why Julio Jones is a better quarterback than, or is a better wide receiver than Odell Beckham? It's because Julio Jones catches the balls when it matters that Odell Beckham does it. And so, so let's, so, so let's go back a little. Let, let's go back and, and retract. Because this sounds... This sounds, this sounds very eerily similar to last week's evaluation. Where, remember when they, and, and, and this is how you know like all the experts are wrong. Remember, I specifically said this a couple of times. Experts say whoever won out of the Green Bay versus New, New, um, New York Giants game, 
You know what I mean? It's supposed to be the game that's going to go to the Super Bowl. Well, neither one of those happened. And both of those teams kind of had a deficiency. We thought the Giants were going to be able to beat um, Green Bay because Green Bay had a secondary that we thought the Giants was going to be able to take the top off of. That's, that's the reason why we had the Giants beating Green Bay. We thought Green Bay, we, we thought the Giants had better, had better cornerbacks, had better safeties, right? A couple of those guys who are, who are going to end up making it to the um, Pro Bowl, by the way, just, 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 just to let you guys know. Those boys are going to be making it straight, straight, straight to, like, Jamal Jenkins. You know what I mean? Their safety, their safety, um, Landon Collins. I'm sorry, not Landon Collins, but Collins. I'm sorry, no, I'm right, Landon Collins. So, they, they had defensive players that, that were going, that are going to make it to the Pro Bowl. We're going to talk about this Pro Bowl later. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> But the same reason why we thought that the Giants were going to be able to beat Green Bay is exactly why Atlanta beat Green Bay. We didn't, we didn't think Green Bay had enough defense. We thought that Green Bay had, was all offense, all offense, all offense. We thought, we thought that the you know, Giants' um, safeties and defensive backs were, were going to be able to do work. And you know what? They did do work. That defense did do work. But you know what the major difference was? You know what the major difference was? The reason why, why Green Bay lost to Atlanta and not the Giants is because Julio Jones caught the ball when Odell Beckham didn't. That's it. I told you last week, I told you a couple weeks ago that my homegirl is furious. Same homegirl that's flying in, actually, right now from New York. She'd be on the flight right now, I'm not sure. But the same homegirl that says to me, that, that's upset during the game. And I asked her, what's going on? Like, the only way I see this, this team losing is if, like, Odell Beckham or a couple of them drop a couple of early passes that they should have catched. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're psyching and taking out the game. But then next thing you know, Green Bay just keeps marching down the field and they win. That's exactly what happened. But except, now what happens when you face Atlanta and you face Julio Jones, the guy that is taller than Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown, but can make every single catch, can run just as fast, can contort his body in every single manner that those guys can as well, that is just as explosive. And I keep forgetting, I keep, I've, I've been trying to remember this guy's name forever and a day, but Julio Jones, before Julio Jones was number one, I received it, there was somebody else there, and I can't remember his name. I, and, I, and I keep, and he keeps popping in my head very randomly when I keep trying to think about who has really been, what has really been the key factor for Atlanta. Has it been Matty Ice? Has it been his wide receiver? Has it been a combination? Because I, I'm like, very fortunately, Matt, like, Matt Ryan has ha always had receivers. Always. Always at least a guy that could be considered one of the top five receivers in the league. Always had that. For a Super Bowl appearance. Just saying. But all the reason why why teams have, why people have always been so hard on them. <sighs> right? I want to hurry and get to this, right? So, that's all it is. Atlanta optimized all of their opportunities. And Older Beckham caught the balls that I mean, Julio Jones caught the balls in the beginning of the game that Odell Beckham dropped. And I think Julio Jones even dropped the key central ball early in the beginning. But you know what? Julio Jones is a professional so right now in his career. So right now, comparing Julio Jones to Odell Beckham is saying you're comparing at their times. Actually, 
perfect, perfect analogy. At the times in their career where Odell Beckham is, like around the third year in his career, versus where Julio Jones is, it's like comparing um, Derrick Rose to LeBron James, to be honest with you. In those first three years. Yeah, you may get, you may get MVP, you get talked out for MVP, but you ain't bringing your team to a final yet. You ain't bringing your team to an NFC championship yet. You're nice. But just kind of passing by over you as you go about your business. Hula Jones has caught the ball and, and, and was a professional. Even after he dropped him, took himself back in the game and did what he needed to do. So now what that does, with New England beating Pittsburgh and Atlanta beating Green Bay, that sets up a matchup in Houston for New England versus Atlanta. And if you want to know who I'm going to pick, then I, you, you know you should know this by now. You're going to have to wait till next week. But in between then, while, 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 the NFL takes this two-week hiatus to, to give you the Super Bowl. Well, see, what happens to the NFL is that they, see, I don't like this new, I don't like this new lineup that they have. We know, we're not going to go into that. Because what, we, you know, I, I want to I set something guys up for you. Because we have the Pro Bowl coming up. And you may like this, the person behind the booth that I hear you, I see you listening. You may like this. Right? Because I, I I'm, I'm not a big fan of the Pro Bowl, especially where it's located now. I liked it when it was after the Super Bowl. Before the Super Bowl, uh, to be honest with you, it, it comes off it comes off as a game for losers. But you know what? You know what? I can't describe this. I'm going to let somebody that I really don't like but I'm just going to keep in this category of, of loserism. Only because I'm, I'm hating a little bit. And let him describe this better than I can. I know there's a lot of winners in the house. But this first song is about the people they played against. Okay? This is about the number twos. The runners up. The Damarinos. <laughs> While some people reached the peak, others thought, you know what? This is high enough. You remember that song, We Are the Champions? Well, this is the B-side. I call it Honorable Mention. Triple crown, but I'm the only one. 
Live on the Mighty on MixLR app under Mighty Sports, or if you're catching next day, or even later, you catch this later on in the day, then you're probably re-catching the re-earing of this on SoundCloud or on TuneIn Radio. Whichever way you're listening, I thank you from the deepest part of my heart. So, as we was talking about this pro, these Pro Bowls, right? Or this Pro Bowl, I, I'm really and, and that's the only way I can sum it up, to be honest with you. It sounds like a game for all the people that didn't win the Super Bowl. 
Because that's how they have it now. With this new construct, right? You have... So, so listen to this. For the AFC, you have Brady, Luck, and Carr. Right? But Brady's not going to play in it. So you're not going to ever get, get a chance to get C. Listen, put it this way. Let's, let's, let's just put it in perspective, right? As they want to talk about Tom Brady's greatness of how long he's been in the league. You know, um, if, um, for how long he's been in the league to judge his greatness. And the fact that he's been into the league for 17 years. And he's been in the AFC Championship. Or, or, or he's played in, in, what is it, like over 40-something percent of the Super Bowl since then. But that means any time that he goes to the Super Bowl, which is now going to be his... What seventh appearance? He's going for ring number five. How many times have he has he lost now? It may be his ninth appearance. So somewhere between seven and nine appearances. That been, that would have meant that every single year that he went to the Super Bowl, we're not seeing Tom Brady play. If you're listen, I'm not a fan of Tom Brady, so I can care less. But if I am a fan, I'm mad that Tom Brady's not gonna play. If I'm also a fan of football, that also means that right now Tom Brady isn't gonna play. Um, David Carr isn't gonna play because he's also injured. That means all we have is Andrew Luck and now a bunch of other guys that technically didn't deserve it. We have Matt Ryan in the NFC, Aaron Rodgers, and Matthew Stafford. All three of those guys were in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan just played in the NFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl. So either or, we were going to miss one of them. Antonio Brown, A.J. Green, T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders. So in the wide receiver court, and, and, and once again, Pittsburgh and New England just played to go into the, just, just to play to go into the Super Bowl. So, so, the, so if we would have went into the Super Bowl, we're, talk, we're also talking about possibly no Le'Veon Bell, no Antonio Brown. And those are the best wide receivers and running two of the best wide receivers. And I don't like this new format. <clears throat> I don't like this new format. It's basically a way to celebrate the losers. But, but more than that, it's a, way, it's a way for them to get football. Right? You know what? What it is, 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 is for a way for, for us to remember football in between the time that we have the conference championship games and the Super Bowl. They don't want you to forget about, uh, forget about football. They think that it brings down football ratings or they would have gotten more ratings because the Pro Bowl is after the season versus mixed in between the season. No, 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 no. Because first of all, you already have a diluted game when you play the Pro Bowl game. It's already a diluted game. Remember that. It's already a diluted game. And now, you don't even get the best players in the game. In this diluted game. So now you've got a bunch of people that technically didn't deserve to be there playing a diluted game. These people that didn't deserve to play there, guess the reason why they're there. Because they have a diluted game. So basically, we've been watching water. Like, we can't even get sugar in the shit. Like, the... Twenty-three minutes, fifty seconds in. It happened. Yeah, you you know it's gonna happen. Like, you... you guys know me. You guys know me by now. So in the AFC. So, so, so the Pro Bowl is here. 
what do you freaking do, right? <laughs> the Pro Bowl is here. And so quarterbacks. And and you judge. You can judge it for yourself. We're we, we going to go through a couple of these positions. Quarterbacks. AFC. Tom Brady, Andrew Love, David Carr. If you don't know, if you don't know what, what what team these guys play on, you know, let, let me let me not. I apologize. I'm a, I'm a little cranky. I, I, this this is why I don't I don't like to talk about like people I don't like like that. Like I don't like to talk about like Tom Brady and and LeBron James. We, you know, I try to say like, they make me cranky. You know, but you know, let me let me hoosah myself. Let me hoosah myself. Smoke weed every day. <sighs> we are hoosahed. <laughs> eating up a lot of time here. We eating up a lot of time. Here. So in the AFC, right, for the quarterbacks, we have Tom Brady, Andrew Luck, and David Carr. Tom Brady for the New England Patriots, Andrew Luck for the Indianapolis Colts, one of Peyton Manning's former teams, you know, the original team, that, you know, the reason why he was traded to go to Denver, and also David Carr. David Carr, the guy who got injured at the end of the season that basically ruined any chance that Oakland possibly had for making it to the playoffs. At running back, right? I'm sorry, this is this is cross straight over, right? Ah, nah, we'll come on the list. Running back, Le'Veon. For we have Le'Veon Bell from Pittsburgh. We have Jay Ajayi, Ajayi, Ajayi. This is gonna be another one. Shut up, Darnell. So we have Jay Ajayi from Miami, and we also have Melvin Gordon from San Diego. And then also, like he, that's like, Melvin Gordon surprised me, but didn't. But once I thought about it, I was like, ah, oh, maybe he is deserving. But then once I saw this Pro Bowl list, and then I saw how many like offensive linemen and others that were actually on here, yeah, <laughs> that it surprised me. Like I, I, I was, I wasn't that surprised anymore. Come back, but I really wasn't surprised anymore. So as we, as we bounce this back, so at wide receivers, we already said we have Antonio Brown from Pittsburgh, AJ Green from Cincinnati. We have T.Y. Hilton from Indiana, and we also have Emmanuel Sanders from Denver. Denver's another team that, that is going to be very well represented at the Pro Bowl as well. Tight end, we have we have um, Kelsey. Was it Travis Kelsey? I believe it was it's Travis. You know, the guy that got the got the reality show, who wants to be with Kelsey, and he has 50 women, women fighting over him. And obviously we have we have Bennett out of the tight end out of New England. And Kelsey plays out of Kansas City, by the way. Defensive back we have <laughs> We have Akeem Talib, the defensive back from Denver. We have Chris Harris Jr. also from Denver. We have Casey Haywood from San Diego. And we also have Malcolm Butler from New England. At safety, we have Eric Weddle from Baltimore, Devin McCarty from New England, and, 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 Stewart from Denver as well. Like I said, Denver's going to be very well represented in this. Honorably mentions at, at defensive end, like, Kwali Mack, Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa, who I was, and this and this reason why I said this is going to be, this was my honorable mention. Now, these are defensive ends. These are the defensive ends in here for AFC. Cameron Wake, a walk-on, right? So forgot some guy from the Canadian League. Joey Bosa, a rookie that held out with San Diego, and now he's showing you every bit back the reason why you should have paid him the way this man wanted to be paid. But like I said, you 
plan, you're going to eventually earn your money. So keep falling out, young man. And Khalil Mack, who I believe is also in his second and third year. So that, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to touch on the defensive ends for the AFC. Because I'm not going to touch talk, talk about him at all for the NFC. That's for the NFC and the safeties. We have Landon Collins from the Giants that we talked about earlier. We have Harrison Smith from Minnesota. We also have Earl Thomas, who was injured, so we won't see him. Janaris Jenkins also from the Giants. Darius Slade from Detroit, Patrick Peterson, and Terrence Newman from Minnesota. Those are the defensive backs for, for, for the NFC. As we see two players now already popping up for Minnesota. So if you kind of wonder why how, or how Minnesota managed to at least stay afloat all, for, for at least a, half a season to go 8-8, eight and eight, losing, their, losing their starting um, quarterback, losing their starting running back, and then having Matthew Stafford. Not Matthew Stafford. Uh... What is this guy's name? What is this guy's name? I can't think of it. So we'll move on. Because we got a commercial coming up. At tight end, they have Greg Olson from Carolina. And they also have Jordan Reed from Washington. At wide receiver, we're talking about Julio Jones, who we won't see. We have Evans from Tampa Bay. We have Doug Baldwin from... Seattle, and we have old dirty player Odell Beckham Jr. from the Giants. At running back, we have Ezekiel Elliott from, from Dallas, rookie. We have David Johnson, basically somebody that most people most people didn't even know who, who he was up until halfway through this season. We also have Jordan Hayward that also took place, who was basically until Chicago got rid of Matt Forte, technically was their third-string quarterback. Because if we forgot, Jordan Howard even um, took a place of another guy that was injured. Langford. And at quarterback, we already discussed this. Matt Ryan, who we won't see. Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford. And then they'll bring in some other guy with a diluted game that technically didn't deserve it. It'll actually, I shouldn't say that. It'll probably be Russell Wilson. And I'm not gonna say Russ I'm not gonna sit here and say Russell Wilson has a diluted game. We go. <clears throat> Finish up the rest. Come on, get into some NBA. Definitely good to get into some NBA, man, because what's going on right now in the NBA is, is blowing my, my, my mother freaking mind. Whew. That and more on the Mighty Sports Podcast. I use Twitter to learn about and share what people are doing to make the world a better place. I'm interested in everything related to space, but also scuba diving, piloting aircraft, anything electronics, and photography. We're interested in music, news, and funny people. The best way of finding out what my guests are up to before they come on my show is to follow them on Twitter. This is exactly what I do. I follow Green Bay on Twitter. Because I always like to keep up with what they're doing. They're my favorite band. I want to stay up to date on fashion news, so I follow at style.com and at women's wear daily. I like to follow my homegirl, Martha Stewart. Because Martha Stewart, she keeps it scudded and buttered, baked and flaked, and she loves to wake and bake with the big Snoop Dogg. You feel me? It's always good for us to know what people want. And, and I use um, I use Twitter as that, you know, as a, as a way of learning what I should do, um, what fans want, um, because, you know, they're the best critics. I can talk to the fans. They can talk back to me, fights they want to see, things I'm doing wrong, 
how stupid I am. Whatever the deal might be, I can communicate directly with our fans through Twitter. We really like to keep tabs with our other partners in conservation, the other zoos and aquariums here in North America. I'm using Twitter to send pictures and thoughts from space. And every day, I really enjoy reading your tweets. Ciao to all of you on the beautiful planet Earth. can exchange ideas and information instantaneously. Countries and cultures are brought together like never before. I use Twitter to keep in touch. Really? I use Twitter to listen. Sports podcast. Yes, move. I'm out of breath. Had to leave the studio. Had to run get some something to drink. Not alcohol. You alcoholics. Maybe I'm not alcoholic. So here we are. Right. We have finally shifted gears, and we are we're really in basketball land. We're 46 games deep into basketball already. In case you haven't realized it, that's only 36 games left. Like, I know, like, you're freaking, like, if you're like me, you're freaking out, right? Like, you're like, like, whew, whew. Yeah. I need to catch my breath. It's only 36 games left. I, I, I don't think I've watched 36 games yet. Okay, I'm lying. I may have watched 36 games in, like, one day. And I know that's physically impossible. But but I I did it, or at least in one one staying awake sitting. Okay, nah, I didn't do that shit either. I did. Maybe I did. Who knows? <laughs> so as we finally, as I said, as we get into basketball world, right? I have now. Just basically, and, and and if it's if it's not if it's, if it's if it's not if it's just me, then it needs to be the whole world, right? If it's not the whole world, then it really should be. The this whole world should be on Russell Watch. I'm, I'm talking. I'm like I'm talking about twenty four seven. We should be on high alert, watching for my man, Russell. Hustle. Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Russell, hustle, Westbrook. I'm sorry. I don't know whichever way to describe this guy, but you understand that Russell Westbrook right now. Russell Westbrook just recorded 
in a victory over the Pelicans, a 114-105 victory over the Pelicans. What is now his 23rd double-double for the season. That's one for the Thunder. That's 23 double-doubles in, in 46 games. This season right now, he is averaging 30.7 points a game, 10.7 rebounds, 10.4 assists. Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. What that does for him, right, is not only is he the triple-double leader for, the, for this whole, for the, this season in the NBA, he is also the triple-double leader versus, um, amongst all active players in the NBA. This is why I don't understand how, and we're going to get into this one later too, I don't understand how Russell Westbrook did not get voted for the starter, the starting point guard, or as a starting guard for the All-Star game, when he has more triple-doubles himself alone than every single person on the All-Star team, East and West combined. Yeah, he ain't a starter. Let me let you, let me, let me put this into a little bit more perspective as, as Russell Westbrook very, 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 very quickly shifts his place into my heart as my favorite NBA player. Like I said, watching, because like I said, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, watching him. If you if you grew up in the in the heydays of Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa and and Mark McGuire, this is watching Russell Westbrook is like watching a it's like watching a home run derby or, or watching those guys knock um home run number 55 out the park, 56 out the park, 62 out the park, chasing them down, watching every watching every single one of their games to see if he's gonna get this. You understand? Nobody has averaged a triple double. For an entire season outside of one man named Oscar Robinson. Nobody. Not LeBron James. <clears throat> not Jordan. Not Wilt Chamberlain. Not Bill Russell. Not, 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 not the logo Jerry West. You name him, he's shutting them down. One by one. Russell Westbrook has just recorded also what is considered his 60th, 60th career triple-double. That passed Larry Bird. So, you want to know who's sitting ahead of Russell Westbrook? As he sits there now with, what did I just say he was at? 60, um, triple-double number 60? Russell Westbrook is number 5 on the all-time triple-double list. Fifth. One, two, three, four, five, fifth. Yes, fifth. I plead the what? The fifth. What place is he in? Fifth. Wilt Chamberlain's ahead of him with seventy-eight. Jason Kidd with one hundred seven. Magic Johnson with one hundred and thirty-eight, and a big old Oscar Robinson with one hundred and eighty-one for their whole career. And behind all those guys stands only Russell Westbrook. The only active player that we can honestly say is probably gonna take down Wilt, or is gonna take down. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna say probably gonna. It's probably gonna take down Wilt before the end of this season. How many games I said we had left? We have 36 games left, and he just hit his, and he just hit his. What? What was it? What is this? 
60th career triple-double. And he's averaging a triple-double basically every other game. So if he's had 23 triple-doubles in 46 games, guess what he's going to have? That's what I think he's going to have in the next 36 games. He's going to have 18 triple-doubles. He beat either ties or passes Will Chamberlain by the end of this season. And after that, down goes Jason Kidd. The next year. After that, down goes Magic. Within, within the next three to five years, at this pace, we're talking about Russell Westbrook, like seriously, either as the only as the triple double leader or the only one in the category with Oscar Robinson. Not only in 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 in, in collective numbers, but the fact that he's gonna only be the only person to so far do it for a whole entire career. He has thirty six games to go, and I'm full, I am one of these people that are rooting for him. <laughs> Unfortunately for him, that still doesn't change the fact that him and the Oklahoma City Thunder are probably still going to be a first round, <laughs> a, a, a first round out, or a first round bounce. And... It's, 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 I, I know, I know, I know. It, it's, it's a weird thing to say because I, after I just said what I said about Russell Westbrook, you're like, whoa, how can I put this guy on such that pedestal and then say that, hey, he is still going to get bounced in the first round. It's the numbers. The West is tough. I never said that Russell Westbrook is the best player in the league, even though... He probably is. He isn't the best overall player. And that title still goes to Chris Paul and LeBron James to me. Overall. And and LeBron James, you know, obviously gets the matchup because he's not only a scorer, but he's also a passer. He, a more a more willing passer. Like LeBron James really, really one hundred percent. It's a point guard. And that's one of the things that's always, that's always, that just, just rubbed me the wrong way about him. Is that Magic was 6'8", and he knew he was a point guard. He didn't try to play small forward. He knew what his, you know, he, he needed to do. LeBron, if LeBron James ever decided to play small, decided to play point guard like he should, do you know how much more of a matchup that causes? Because you know, you know, you know what's really, what's really, 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 really getting on my nerves is that what's going to get on my nerves is that we're going to start seeing all of these tall guys, right? That they're going to start praising them for being seven foot centers that know how to handle the ball, but that's only because you're playing them at center. That's a part of the reason why Kevin Durant keeps lying about his height and saying he's six nine when he's seven one. He can handle the ball, but he'd rather play small forward than, than, than want to play center. LeBron James, honestly, should go there and play point guard. He should have been playing point guard his whole life. But for some reason, they said he's 6'8". Eh, we're going to put you up. He should have been dominated from, like, LeBron James should have had a whole entire game from the low post. <coughs> Told you I don't like talking about LeBron. Sorry, pardon me as I sip that Publix lemonade. 
telling you, I'm, like, I'm addicted to this stuff. It's like, I, like, I, I would go through like a gallon of this a day. Like, it, it's really bad. Don't like sugar intake. So, like I said, back to our original point about Russell Westbrook. The West is tough. The West is a tough place to play in. And without without any real help, without any real, 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 <clears throat> excuse me, real help, Russell Westbrook is going to always be at a disadvantage. He needs Olin Depot to 100% step up. That guy should be averaging about 17 points a game. But so far, he hasn't had the opportunity to figure out his game yet or figure out how to, and it's only the first year really, how he's going to use Russell Westbrook to elevate his game or how Russell Westbrook is going to elevate everybody else's game around him because that's what he really needs to do. But Olin Depot needs to figure it out. Just like, but luckily for Olin Depot, like, or luckily for you guys, you guys don't have me. Like, Olin Depot doesn't have me. Like, like, doesn't have access to me. But you guys do. So, if you're ever stuck trying to figure out on a Friday again, don't. And I'm talking about tonight. Yes, folks, I'm talking about tonight. Stop worrying. Stop thinking. Head down to Capone's nightclub in downtown Fort Lauderdale. This is where you'll find my homeboy, my boy, me, Omar, me, brethren, DJ Scepter. My DJ, DJ Scepter. You be mixing the lounge room. So you, can, so you can start dancing and start drinking. Listen, if you're an introvert or you're just not feeling the music quite yet, listen, start drinking so you can start dancing. It doesn't matter how you do it. Just make sure you do it DJ Scepter every Friday from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Ladies, you bring your sexy. Fellas, you bring your swag. It's going down at Capone. But wait, there is more. Is there more? Of course there's more. There's always more. If you're trying to feel what to do on a Wednesday, you can find DJ Seth at O'Malley's DJing from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. That's O'Malley's right there on 441 between Coconut Creek and Royal Palm Boulevard. DJ Seth, listen, he plays everywhere that you want to be. We're talking about birthdays, weddings, bar mitzvahs, Super Bowl parties, New Year's parties, quinceaneras. Um, what, what's it? What's the green holiday coming up? Um, with the leprechaun, we're talking about we're talking about that one. We're talking about Cinco de Mayo. Like DJ Scepter puts a royal touch on everything. Now for reservations, it's too easy, too easy. Let's go to Bookings. That's B O O K I N G S. Bookings at djscepter.com. Again, still listening to Mighty Sports Podcast. I'm still your host, Silent T. Taylor. One and only, one and only Silent T. Taylor that's ever existed in history. Before, past, present. Well, I can't say, yeah. Before, past, and present. And it's only one me. But, one thing that there isn't, right? 
is that there there's only so many slots on the all-stars on the all-star roster so obviously people are always gonna feel snubbed especially when you're talking about starters and their new format two guards three forwards there's no more centers whatever this is blah 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 right so now we get an overabundance of small ball which it looks pretty for an all-star game because you know people that can handle the ball do better work Back to this, back, but back, back to regular season stuff. Back to regular season stuff like Golden State losing to Miami, or Sacramento beating the Cavs, or Washington surprisingly in the fifth seed, trying to jump up to number three, and even amidst all of that, I'm at a mist, a mist, a mist, a mist, all of that. We still have trade talks for Camilla Anthony. And I don't know how to feel about that. For for a couple of reasons. One, I'm a Knicks fan. So there's a part of me that tries to that that's ultimately always gonna say, hey, let's do what's better for the team. First and foremost, first and foremost. But right behind that. I'm a, I'm a mellow fan. So, I'm also thinking, because Melo has that no trade clause, that, that, no, that no trade clause in his contract. So it makes me want, so now I'll, I'm also trying to think, okay, what's going to be best for Melo? Because if Melo leaves New York, it only can be to a team that he's going to, that he has to know that he's winning in the next two to three years. If not this year. And that means if you're not a part of, that means you're competing with Cleveland and Golden State. So where would Melo go? And now I'm looking at it. Okay, now when you look at it, where would Melo go? And who would, can the Knicks get back? And third, I'm a basketball fan. I want to be a basketball fan. So I'm also thinking about the other team. So so let me let me throw that in there too. The basketball fan in me thinks about how this is beneficial for the other team. So let's talk about let's talk about a couple of the teams that's been out there so far, right? That they have said You know what? We are definitely that that there's already talk. There's Boston out there and there's Cleveland. And very recently there's there are the Clippers. And I think about all those seasons and we've talked about this Clipper thing. You know what? I don't know how I feel about this song. I'm gonna let this ride for a little bit, but I may change this halfway down, you guys. So, the Clippers, we've talked about them to nausea almost because they, they, they always seem like they're a team that everybody is referring to. Unless we're, unless, 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 we're like, we're gonna get back Chris. I don't, I don't know if I want Chris Paul. Let's put it that way. I don't know if I want Chris Paul. I don't know if I want Blake Griffin. I don't know, I don't know if, I, if I want either one of them. At this point in time in their career, if Derek... Uh, Chris Paul is too injured. Chris Paul is going to be way too injured. So, I'm like, why do we need to get rid of Melo? Why can't we get rid of Derek Rose? Like, like, like let's start there. Like, 
so I can stop fumbling over all my goddamn words. So it seems like I'm fumbling over my words. Let's start there. Why not get rid of Derrick Rose? He doesn't play D anymore. He's on a one-year contract. And he's always thinking about the future with his kids. And didn't he just go AWOL? Why are we holding on to this guy? So, all the talks they talk about Melo going to, let's say, the Clippers, going to Boston, or let's say, going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Who are you going to get back from Cleveland? Let's, let's start with Cleveland. Let's start with the team that's going to contend the most right now with Melo. Let's start with Cleveland. Because Cleveland's basically guaranteed to go to the championship because they have Mr. LeBron James on the team. The guy that, that, that has a huge basketball mind that is not going to win. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, but it barely stays for four. You know what I mean? That's that same LeBron James. To get back Kevin Love. Who the fuck is Kevin Love? Like, what has Kevin Love done? Because basically, Porzingis is a taller, more athletic version of Kevin Love. And, and I'm sorry, and also tougher version of Kevin Love. Even though so, so far, Christoph Porzingis is showing an inability to stay healthy consistently. I'm not liking that from somebody that stands seven foot freaking three. So who do you get back? They're not going to give up Kyrie Irving. Unless you're saying, hey, what, you're going to take Derrick Rose, Kyrie Irving, and Melo? Give me, you know what I mean? Not, I mean, but Derrick Rose, Brandon Jennings, and Melo just for, just for Kyrie Irving? I'll do that, maybe. Sign, you know, Nate Robinson from somewhere. But, like, who are you looking for? He goes to Boston. Who, who, are you, who comes back? Who comes back that can benefit Derrick Rose and on the short term to make him continue to look good to earn himself a, um, a multi-year, multi-hundred, multi-year six-digit contract? Multi-year, multi-million, six-digit contract. Who's going to come out there? Sorry, not six-digit contract. Sorry, nine-digit contract. My apologies. Who's going to come out there for that? From Boston. Who can? Who do they have? I know you're not talking about getting Al Hoffman. His slow can't get off the ground behind. Occupying the space that you basically kind of want Porzingis at just a little bit at times. He's not the enforcer. So, again, who would you get back? Now you're going to the Clippers. Right? Now, let's go back and we entertain the Clippers. Do you really want... I understand Blake Griffin in the East would probably be a beast. But he's he's on the downside of his athleticism too, where he's shooting more and more than he's the guy that you remember posterizing everybody. That's no longer I'm not gonna say that's no longer him. That's him in spurts. And let's not forget, you still have to give huge credit to having a playmaker like Chris Paul. So who? Once again, who do you trade for? Now what I say you do is that you definitely try to get a playmaker in New York. The bad thing about it, there's not that many playmakers out there. 
Like, we had an Australian playmaker that they talked about. Eh, I can't find him anymore. Dante Exum. We can't get Rajel from Chicago because to get him from Chicago would mean to get Derrick Rose back. Because we're not going to have Derrick Rose, Rajah Rondo, and Brandon Jennings on the same team. We're not have Derrick Rose or Raja, and Rajah Rondo on the same team. So, when they talk about all these trades, one, I see none. None whatsoever that benefit the Knicks. Right? None whatsoever when you're talking about retract what we're talking about taking back in the talent. Now, one of the things that they say about Boston is that if you do a trade with Boston, and we'll come back to Boston in a, in a second, right? None of, none of them say they help with anything. And then, okay, so now let's say you send Melo to, to, the, to the Clippers. The only way that that, that, that Melo goes to the Clippers makes the Clippers an automatic playoff contender is if they have Chris Paul and Blake Griffin there. So who are you talking about taking back? From the Clippers. Jamal Crawford. J.J. Redick. DeAndre Jordan. I may take DeAndre Jordan. I may take DeAndre Jordan. Because he'll do way better than. He'll do what Joe King Noah is supposed to do. I'll take DeAndre Jordan. Back. As an asset. But then what else? So you're talking about Melo. For J.J. Reddit, Jamal Crawford, and DeAndre Jordan. That will be the only thing that would tickle my fancy. But it's, are the Clippers giving up three players for Melo? Is Melo still worth three players? That's the next question. <clears throat> if he goes to Cleveland, once again, the only way it really makes Cleveland a better team is if Melo's there with... Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, and well, maybe not. Never not. Maybe not Kevin Love. Having Melo over Kevin Love is an upgrade for Cleveland from a scoring standpoint, but doesn't help the Knicks. So now let's move over to Boston. Boston basically doesn't ha doesn't have any assets right now because they're also not gonna get. We don't want Al Horford, and they're not going to give up Al Horford, as far as I know. Right? And we're definitely not going to get Isaiah Thomas from them. But I'll give up the boat for Isaiah Thomas. I'll give up Derrick Rose and Camilla Anthony both for, Camilla, for Isaiah Thomas. But the, the, number, the money doesn't match. But what also comes back is that you can take a ton of draft picks from them because Boston has something around the area of seven total draft picks within the next two years. In the first round alone. So you can take draft picks back from them. But then, what that says is that we still haven't gotten anything yet. All we've got now is a bunch of potential. We still, we're still going to be lacking a point guard or whoever it is to help run the ball. We're still going to be lacking somebody to shoot the ball. We're still going to be lacking somebody to close. Let's not keep forgetting the number one thing, the number one benefit that Melo has to this team right now is that he takes all of the light away from what is what is gonna what is hopefully gonna be the growing star of Christoph Parzingis. Anything outside of that thought, then you can't do it. Just like they didn't put Russell Westbrook in the in the starting lineup for the All-Star game. They have Curry starting, Harden starting, Durant starting, and Leonard and Davis starting. Kawhi Leonard and you know Anthony Davis starting. But yet they have Westbrook coming off the bench. 
We have Kyrie Irving from the East starting. Jimmy Butler from Chicago starting. LeBron James. You know, we don't know LeBron James. DeMar DeRozan from Toronto. And, and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo from Milwaukee. All starting. All starters. And yes, Westbrook has more triple doubles than all of those guys combined. Even even the guys on the bench. On the bench. Like DeMarcus Cousins for the East. I'm sorry, for the West. Paul Gasol. Sorry, that's Mark Gasol from Memphis. Green from Golden State. Haywood from Utah. Who not only has Utah contending right now, but also this is Haywood's, Gordon Haywood's first appearance in the All-Star. And, 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 DeAndre Jordan makes also his first appearance in the All-Star game. Also, Clay Thomas. Mama call him Clay, I'ma call him Clay. As we finish up here. Oh, we get ready to finish up here. I know, we always going over just a little bit. That's how I like it. Start late, finish late. Eat late. Sleep late. <laughs> For the East, we have Paul George, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, these are all household names. You should, you should know them. Paul George from Indiana. Kevin Love from Cleveland. Well, Kyle Lowry, he's from Toronto, so that's not a household name. Nobody knows anybody in Toronto outside of Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. So those two guys make it, for, make it to the All-Star game again. I think now for the second or third time together. They have Isaiah Thomas from Boston making his first appearance in the All-Star game. We have Kimball Walker making his first appearance in the All-Star game. And we also have John Wall. They already announced the coach. I believe it's going to be Steve Kerr for go, for the for the West. And they're still waiting to announce who's going to be the person for the East. But you see here, we see what we have here. We're going to see Curry play in this All-Star game. We're going to see Harden, Durant. We're going to see all of these guys play. Not like football, where we won't see Brady play. We won't see Carr play. Um, Le'Veon Bell just got injured, so we probably won't see him play. Um, who else is here? Who else is here? Uh, who's, who's in the Super Bowl again? New England and Atlanta. We're not going to see Malcolm Butler play. We're not going to see Matt Ryan play. We're not going to see... That, no, that's Arizona. We're not going to see Julio Jones play. So... Like I said, this is this watered-down version. But no, we'll see Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Paul George, Kevin Love, Klay Thompson, Isaiah Thomas, Kimball Walker, John Wall. And we'll get to see a whole bunch of other stars playing the three-point contest as, as the three-point contest and the dunk contest hasn't been, hasn't been announced yet. And you know what? Just like my Super Bowl pick, We'll talk about that rising star challenge for the end for the NBA and this new world versus USA concept that they have on. We'll talk about that next week on the Mighty Sports Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for listening. Whew, that was a show and a half. A lot of people outside the studio waiting to start gang banging, and by gang banging I mean play Call of Duty. <laughs> right, so you know what I say. Thank you for listening. Always thank you for listening. Stay tuned. Next show hopefully is live 807 next Wednesday.
We're going to talk Super Bowl. We're going to see how this Pro Bowl thing went off. As this week, they've been doing some skill contest situations. Oh, we're going to talk about maybe some UFC. I've heard some interesting things come out of the UFC lately. But like I said, we're definitely going to talk some NBA. We're going to talk the All-Star break. We're going to talk the Super Bowl. And we're going to talk about three-point contest. Hopefully, they have the results in the dunk contest. Thank you. Stay tuned. Stay blessed. And don't stress. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down. Lay down. I always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Bars closing down. Sun's out. Don't forget you can find me. With me on Twitter. Don't wanna go far. Mighty Sports. Rough night. SoundCloud. TuneIn Radio. Die, baby. Mighty Sports. Die. And mix it all live. Mighty!